information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Deanne Warner grew up in Tecumseh, Michigan. When she married, she would go on to have four children and thoroughly enjoyed being a mom more than anything. Years later, Dee would divorce and soon remarry a man by the name of Dale Warner. Together, they would have a daughter. Dee and Dale also ran a few companies together, including an agricultural company and a trucking company. As well as being a loving and doting mother, and soon a grandmother, Dee was also a hardworking and super smart businesswoman. In April of 2021, Dee and Dale's marriage was on the rocks. On the night of April 24th, after an argument at home, a friend came to pick up their nine-year-old daughter and have her stay the night with them to remove her from the home since her parents were fighting. There was a little bit of communication between friends and family that evening and Dee, but soon the phone went silent. Many believe they know what happened to Dee that night as obvious signs do point to one very likely answer. However, some information would come to light that would cast doubt on that whole theory. And to date, Dee has not been seen or heard from since. Where is Dee Ann Warner? With him, ever. 
Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. The story of Dee is one that I've been watching for a little bit now, and as I was preparing to do an episode on her case, a couple of other outlets have also. A shout out to the interview room with Chris McDonough, who has also been watching and covering Dee's case. Chris McDonough is well known for his thorough coverage and investigation in the Summer Wells case out of Tennessee, and he really does great work. Very unbiased coverage, and as a reporter, knows the right questions to ask. Go check him out if you're interested in more details. Also, keep an eye out for Dateline coverage of Dee's story as well. I think the new push on Dee's case is interesting, and we'll talk more on why I think that is in a minute. A few quick announcements. This episode is brought to you by Alder Skincare. I've mentioned them before, and as a current customer of their products, I'm happy to personally vouch for them. My latest favorite product is the Brightening Face Mask, if you're curious, but we'll hear more on them in a bit. We are working on a double Patreon episode for this week, covering two more cases of missing persons out of the Smoky Mountains. Our Patreon link is in the show notes if you'd like to join us or inquire about how you can support the show. The audio podcast in the written reporting that we do for these cases has always been our number one priority. However, we are working on growing our social media audience to help these cases reach more people, even to those that might not be interested in podcasts. We just want these people's names and faces out there. Be sure to give us a follow over on Instagram at the Where Are They podcast and find our page over on Facebook. You can find video stories over on our YouTube channel as well. Just search the Where Are They podcast channel. We appreciate you liking, subscribing, and leaving us comments wherever you are finding our stories. Now let's jump into the story of D. Ann Warner. Dee grew up in the Tecumseh, Michigan area. Very bubbly, confident, and outgoing, Dee had a lot of friends throughout the small town area. Tecumseh is about an hour west of Detroit and is surrounded by a lot of farmland. Dee would get married and have four children. Immediately, Dee knew that she loved being a mother. She was involved in their lives, very attentive, and enjoyed every part of being a mom. She developed a love for cooking, and Christmas was her favorite time of year, a time when the whole family could be together and spend time together. Dee was known to decorate her home extensively for the holiday, and not only the family knew this, but anyone who happened to drive by her home. Dee and her children's father would eventually divorce, and Dee would go on to remarry another local man, Dale Warner. Dee and Dale found out they were pregnant in 2011. Dee's adult children would also be having children of their own now, and she was enjoying being a grandmother as well. In addition to family, Dee was a hardworking woman running a few different businesses. She was 100% owner in a trucking company business, and she and Dale also owned War Egg Farms. There are a few different companies and LLCs in their names for different purposes, and we'll come back to that tangled web briefly in a bit. But Dee was very active businesswoman in those businesses. But it would soon become apparent that Dee and Dale might have seen things very differently when it came to how to run those companies. In fact, in 2019, the Warners made the news headlines when their farm was accused in a lawsuit of the mistreatment of migrant workers on their farm. The legal documents accused the Warner Farm of cheating workers out of their pay, 
providing unsafe and unsanitary living conditions, and overall unsafe working conditions for a time period between 2015 and 2016. The Disappearance In 2021, Dee and Dale were living on their agricultural property on Mugner Road in Tipton, Michigan. Dee ran the trucking company from there, and together they ran the farm and an investment company. But Dee had begun telling her friends that her marriage was on the rocks. She wanted to leave Dale. They had been fighting constantly. They had disagreements about the business. They just weren't getting along, and she was miserable. On April 24th, 2021, Dee and Dale had been fighting and arguing all day long. Dale arrived home around 7 p.m., and the arguing intensified. It had gotten so bad, in fact, that a family friend came over at 7.42 p.m. to pick up their nine-year-old daughter to stay the night with them so that she didn't have to be there for all that fighting. Dee knew that she needed to ask for a divorce, and she knew that it would just erupt into more fighting. Around 10.42 p.m., the friend texted Dee to see how she was doing. A half hour later, the friend received a text back that simply said, K. The next morning, around 9.30 a.m., a couple of Dee's adult kids arrived at the home for breakfast, but Dee is not there. Dale said that he had left the house during the night, but when he came home, Dee was gone. Dee's personal effects, mostly including her car, however, were still there it did seem that her purse and cell phone were missing. Dale insisted that he and Dee had actually made up the night before and they were no longer fighting. In fact, he said that she had fallen asleep to him, rubbing her back, and she was sleeping when he left the house. Dee's friends and family, however, knew something was wrong and that Dale's story didn't seem right to them. They went to authorities, but they were advised to keep the disappearance quiet for a full two weeks. It was May 6th before media reported on the disappearance of Dee Warner, upsetting the small towns of Tipton and Tecumseh, Michigan. Everyone wanted to know why the delay in reporting this information, but it was never made very clear. To make matters worse for residents of Tecumseh and Tipton, just before Dee vanished, another woman had disappeared from Tecumseh. 30-year-old Jessica Fox was last seen on March 21st, 2021, and no one was talking about that either. It was pretty quiet in the news, and for these small towns, residents wondered why. They wanted answers. On April 8th, however, Jessica's body was found deceased, and a man would eventually be arrested for her murder. While the cases seem unrelated, people were wondering why they weren't being told anything. Why were authorities keeping everything hush-hush? Frustrations in these small towns was mounting. The Search The search for Dee began at the property. All of her personal belongings were there, except her cell phone, and cell phone records showed the last activity and text messages from her friend on the night of April 24th, but around 2.30 a.m., 
Dee's phone goes dead, as does her Apple Watch. Her phone has never turned back on. Authorities begin to question Dale, who is very cooperative. Dale also raises more eyebrows, however, when he immediately hires a criminal defense attorney. Dale said that Dee had often talked about running away to Mexico or Jamaica, and he believed that's exactly what she did. Others don't believe that for a minute. This was a woman who adored her five kids and grandkids. Her youngest daughter was also only nine years old. Friends and family said she would absolutely have never left her daughter with Dale and run off. But to further credit his story, Dale produces a letter that Dee had written that they found in her nightstand. In this note, she talked about getting away, making big changes in her life. And he believed this substantiated his belief that she ran away. But how? Did she get a ride? Did someone help her? There were also no financial transactions used with any of her credit cards or banks. And there were no plane tickets purchased in her name. Law enforcement brought in search dogs and helicopters to help search the farm, but nothing pointing to Dee's whereabouts were found. A couple of months after Dee went missing, authorities performed a large dig on the Warner property. However, again, they didn't find anything, and they claimed that they didn't even necessarily have a tip that led them to that spot. But I don't know how you randomly choose a spot to dig when the farm has over 3,000 acres of land. The Investigation The search for D. Warner continues, but the investigation really starts to heat up. For some reason, in the beginning, the case was pretty hush-hush, and many people couldn't understand why. Did law enforcement possibly know details about the case that they didn't want out? That's certainly possible. But as time went on and answers were still not found, family and friends began to turn up the heat. A private investigator was hired who uncovered some interesting information. First, On the night of the disappearance, Dale's actions seemed odd. Sure, we know what he said happened. But it was also confirmed that he left the house around 3 o'clock a.m. to go to his father's house where he was looking for, and I quote, digging equipment. I have never found a valid explanation for that if it wasn't for what we are all thinking. Aside from the marital problems that were plaguing Dee and Dale, the private investigator also uncovered some interesting business dealings that were going on behind the scenes. Now, the rabbit hole with these businesses is pretty deep and complex, and I'm going to try to just overview some of the facts, the important ones, about what was going on there. The facts that might cause some concern in Dee's disappearance, or maybe even provide a motive. First, we already know about the 2015 and 2016 scandal regarding the migrant workers. But in 2021, there was also some arguing going on right before Dee went missing between Dee and Dale about how to run the businesses and the path that they were going. In fact, Dee was 100% owner of the trucking company part, and she had expressed her desire to sell that company and move on. Dale, however, 
seemed to want more control into how that transaction was going to play out, that trucking company was, after all, leveraged against their agricultural company. There had been talks, which we learned later, between Dale and another company, Laidlaw Transportation, that wanted to purchase that trucking company. And an employee of Dale, Andes, Todd Nerink, and I apologize, I may be pronouncing that wrong, but Todd was an employee with Dee and Dale who was on board with selling the company to Laidlaw. And that was because Laidlaw had promised Todd a position in the finance department. In fact, what makes that even more interesting is that the night of April 24th, when the arguing was happening at the home, Todd was involved in that argument and Todd was there. Todd, Dale, and Dee were all arguing about how to move forward with the trucking company. This was part of the argument that became so heated. Remember, a family friend had to come to the home and pick up their nine-year-old daughter. During this investigation, it was also learned that Todd Nerink was at the Warner home at 3 o'clock a.m., the time that Dale would allegedly leave the home to go to his father's for digging equipment. Shortly after Dee went missing, the trucking company was indeed sold by using an alleged forged power of attorney giving Dale the right to sell, and the beneficiaries of that sale were none other than Dale Warner and Todd Nerink. The fact that something likely happened to Dee on the night of April 24th and Todd was at the home throughout the night doesn't look good for Todd at all. Now, if Todd is in fact 100% innocent of anything to do with Dee Warner's disappearance, it's unfortunate that he looks so sketchy in this scenario. It makes me think of that old saying, you are not responsible for what your friends do, but you will be judged by the company you keep. Dale Warner was cooperative with authorities, but he was still labeled as a person of interest. Dee's family believes wholeheartedly that he is responsible for what might have happened that night. Dale obtained a lawyer and they conducted an investigation of their own. They had a forensic accountant look through the business ledgers. And it was found that Dee had set up multiple financial accounts and was funneling money through them. To Dale and his lawyer, they believed that she was setting up a situation where she could run away and leave in finance, starting a new life somewhere else. This, along with the letter that they had found in Dee's nightstand talking about leaving, to them, proved that she did, in fact, just up and leave. It is worth noting that this letter does appear to have been written by Dee. But while it says that she wants to start over and leave the marriage and the companies, it really doesn't say that she wants to leave town and leave her children. But her children still have questions. They said she would absolutely never have left her youngest daughter, who was only age nine at the time, with Dale. She was also a doting mother and grandmother, and they knew that she was thinking of divorcing Dale. She had been open with them about that. She hadn't been hiding that from them. Why would she hide this? Plus, how did she get anywhere? She had literally left most everything behind. But Dale's attorney also comes up with another piece of evidence that shows to him that his client is innocent of any wrongdoing. And that is Dale's Apple Watch. It's interesting how this technology comes up more and more in legal cases in today's world. They allege that by pulling the historical data of Dale's Apple Watch, you can see his heart rate, 
which remains steady throughout the entire night, not one time does it elevate or spike. It also shows breathing rhythms, and there is no indication of any heavy breathing or exertion at any time. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Is the Apple Watch data enough to prove someone's innocence or guilt in a case? Or is it just one piece of evidence that can be used? I feel like we need more information on this, but it does make you wonder if Dale did do something to D, as many believe, how did his heart rate and breathing stay so steady? And there was no forensics or DNA found at the home at all, showing that there had been any kind of struggle or crime committed there. Tipton, Michigan. We know the Warners owned quite a bit of property in a rural area of Michigan, just an hour west of Detroit. That area in particular, these small towns, doesn't necessarily see a lot of crime. And if you remember, I mentioned earlier the case of Jessica Fox, a girl who had gone missing from Tecumseh and was missing for two weeks before she was found deceased. The area just wasn't used to -to back-to-back crimes like this, especially possible big crimes happening in their town. While the Warner property is technically in Tipton, the lines in these rural areas are often blurred, so you'll often hear it referred to as Tecumseh or even Franklin Township. So let's take a look at the map. Tipton, Michigan is a very small town, population just under 2,000 residents. It is home to the Hidden Lake Botanical Gardens, a park consisting of 750 acres of land. Tipton is right next to Tecumseh, and Tecumseh is slightly larger of a town with a population of 9,000. The War Egg Farm, where Dee and Dale lived, is located almost directly in between the two. In fact, when you pull up Tipton, Michigan, on Google Maps, War Egg Farms shows up as a point of interest. Tipton, as I said, is about an hour west of Detroit, and in between Tipton and Detroit is mostly small rural towns. But to the west of Tipton, there are several lakes and bodies of water. Several. We know Dee didn't drive off in her own car, however, so thinking that she might have left on her own to harm herself or disappear in that manner doesn't seem likely at all. But if someone was looking to dispose of evidence... There are a ton of lakes just a few miles west of Tipton. I'm guessing that authorities have attempted to track Dale's and maybe even Todd's movements on that night via cell phone. And of course, the infamous Apple Watch. I wonder if there was any movement at all towards any bodies of water. Law enforcement did search the Warner property using search dogs, helicopters, and ground penetrating radar equipment, and they found nothing. So if Dale or Todd did do something to Dee, where is she? While Dee's case remained fairly quiet in the beginning, in the last few months, her family has been speaking out for justice and for answers. Most of them truly believe that Dale did something to her. A Facebook page was created for Dee. Please go give them a follow. You can find them at Justice for Dee. If you can share her photo and information on any social media, please use the hashtag JusticeForD as well to help it gain some traction. On August 1st of this year, just a few weeks ago, the case was turned over to the Michigan State authorities. 
family is hopeful that this will bring progress in the case, progress that they so desperately need. Dee Ann Warner is described as a Caucasian woman standing around five foot four inches tall and weighing around 140 pounds at the time she disappeared. She was last seen on April 24th, 2021 at her home in Tipton, Michigan. Dee was 52 years old and would today be 54. Dee has shorter strawberry blonde hair and green eyes, although it is not known what she was last wearing. Anyone with any information on the whereabouts of Dee Ann Warner is asked to call the Michigan State Police at 517-322-1912. What do you think happened to Dee Ann Warner? Please, again, go follow the Facebook group that was set up for D Justice for D and show your support for the family. Keep sharing her name, her story, her face. Someone knows something and the pressure needs to be put on these possible persons of interest and authorities to get these answers. The family has waited almost a year and a half, way too long. Sadly, Dee left behind five children when she vanished, including her youngest, who was only nine. Thank you so much for listening to Dee's story today. Her case has really started to pick up some momentum as of late, and I think we may have some updates very soon. I truly hope so. Keep an eye on our social media. If any news comes through on her case, we will share it over there. As always, please feel free to email me any feedback or case suggestions at canwefindthem at gmail.com. And go check out Facebook or Instagram to let us know your thoughts on these cases. Thank you again to our sponsor for today's episode, Alder New York Skincare. You can find them at aldernewyork.com and you can use our promo code WHERE, that's W-H-E-R-E, for 15% off your order. We also hope you'll consider joining us over on Patreon. We have a double episode going up this weekend, continuing our Missing in the Great Smoky Mountains series. You can join our group over there for just $3 a month and you can help support our causes. We will be back again next week with another unsolved missing persons case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones. 